Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and turn on notifications so that you will receive alerts when there are new episodes. Go get it. Grinding for so long, I wake up and chase my goals. I go out and I go get it. How to code, that's all I know. I don't succeed, then I don't breathe. Success, what does it mean? If I conquer all my goals, then I'm living out my dream. Dig deep, go out and get it. Success Chronicles, compete until it's finished. Success Chronicles, go take care of your business. Success Chronicles, it's deeper than just winning. Success Chronicles. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chip Baker coming to you with another episode of the Success Chronicles. I am truly grateful to be here with my my high school head basketball coach, Coach Bobby Carson, a great man. Uh, He's part of the reason why I decided to become a coach. I'm truly grateful we're here in Marshall High School for his retirement. So I'm truly grateful to come here today to be with him, to show him some love. So, Coach, first, thanks so much for taking the time and thanks so much for what you've done for us over the years. I appreciate it. But I will say this. Chip, you know, I learned as much from you guys in Hearn as, as I hope that you learned, learned from me. You know, it, it, was a, it was a great eight years, yeah. and I'm truly grateful for the time and for working with young men like you that have really shaped my career and uh, uh, where I am right now. That's awesome, Coach. Well, let's, let's dive into your journey. Uh, you know, let's talk about, like, you know, where you're from, how you grew up, kind of track your career journey up until now, if you don't mind. Well, I, I mean, I grew up in Beaumont, Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm the son of a coach. Uh, my dad started off as an elementary school coach, moved up to junior high and to the high school. And the funny thing is he never left the block. All the three schools were right on the block. He never <laughs> left the school district. 33 years in one school district. Wow. So that's pretty amazing. But I, uh, he's the one I, I model myself after. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a Dan Fogelberg song, uh, leader of the band. And one of the lines is, uh, my life is just a poor excuse to imitate the man. I've been trying my whole career to live up to what my, my father could do. And uh, I, he was a player's coach before they were player's coaches. I can just remember him with nothing yeah. and doing something with it. Especially we do Little League Baseball. They'd always give him worst players. Like, oh, he's a coach. you know. And then they could beat up on him and hey, we beat this professional coach. And we'd beat everybody because he would coach those little ragnots. He'd coach them up to where they yeah. thought they were Willie Mays and – Hank Aaron and, uh, you know, it's just making them, and that's what I learned, is getting people to believe in themselves. Yeah. And then you're, we're all capable of amazing things if we believe in ourselves and we have people that believe in us as well. Man, that's good. So true. Um, and, and you're not, like, I can attest that, like, you're not just saying that. Like, you live that. And it's awesome when we can have, just like you said, with your father. It was like that in my family, with my mother as well. You know, just just by watching, I can see what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, of course, she had some demands and made me do some things, and that kind of was discipline. But just by watching, I can see what it's supposed to be like. And I'm thankful that you had that person in your life to watch so you could help us. But talk to us about your career. Like, so we're out of college. Okay, so I had a, a, a I did play in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the one that sat on the end of the bench next to the water bucket, and I played behind the guy who played behind the first-team All-American. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, he doesn't play much. You know, I used to tell the girls, I seriously, look down by the water bucket. I'm, I'm down there. So I'm thinking, all right, 
the first team all American graduates. I'm thinking the guy in front of me is going to move up and be the starter. I'm going to be the second string, all right? I'm going to be away from the water bucket. They brought in these recruits that are better than everybody. Yeah. I like. I, I can't spend my whole career down by the water bucket. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my first coaching job was at Reigns High School in Emory. Okay. So, uh, funny story. So the head coach there, and this is before cell phones, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, but after the Pony Express. But he's asking me, so I, I need some references of former coaches. Chip, when I went back and looked, starting with my college coach, no one was still in coaching. It was all I started playing competitive basketball in the fourth grade. There was not a single one still in coaching. So I told him, I said, I can't prove I ever played basketball even in elementary school. But I, I got the job anyway. And so I'm 23 years old, and I'm a head basketball coach. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm starting to think I'm somebody. So we're wow. sitting in the coach's office, and Kyle Coker was the head coach. I said, Coach Coker, I said, man, how many people did I beat out for this job? And he said, Bobby, you were the only applicant we had. I went from 6'2 to 2'2, just like that. He said, now, he said, you won't have a junior or senior even go out for the team. They won three games last year and lost 21. I should have done my homework better. But Kyle Coker is another big influence on my life. Teach me how to work with kids, and we end up going thirteen and thirteen, and you know, tremendous improvement. And uh, but I learned a lot from him. He was never raised his voice, just a steadying influence. Well, work by example. You know, Wednesday night we're out marking the football field. You know, back in the day you had to do that. Yes, sir. I just uh, tremendous, and I would have stayed except that he left, Mm -hmm. and he advised me. So I really think that. You know, he said, uh, this is not a place that, you know, would not sound like I, I moved on. I, I moved down the road to, to Leonard mm-hmm. and uh, was there and, and enjoyed my, my year at Leonard. But my wife at the time got into graduate school at A&M. And, like, we had to, we had to move. And that's how I ended up at, at Hearn. I'm going to just say this, Coach. I'm glad that she went to graduate school, and I'm glad she ended up at her. Okay, you can go ahead. I, was, uh, I mean, it just it was it was fortuitous. I mean, yeah. uh, we went 18 and eight my first year in Hearn, did not make the playoffs, and then the next seven years we won district every year, and you know we had the 55 game district winning streak and the final four appearance, and I always feel like we were like seven feet away from having a chance to win it all. Of course, that seven feet was named Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, sir. And uh, they went undefeated that year, 35-0. and yeah. But uh, uh, I think he was averaging like 44 a game, and he only scored 38 against us. I feel like we locked him up pretty good. I'm surprised he was able to be successful after that, after the way we – I think he was number 55. Or, 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 anyway, we had a five-foot-five point guard, Roddy Dykes. Yeah. And he, so my 5'5 five five went up against their 5'5". Five five, and he said, Coach, all I saw was big numbers. You know? And that's a picture in the paper of this giant guy, yep. and little Rodney, right there in the middle of his chest. Yep. Yep. And uh, I thought we played him well. Yeah. But, uh, yes, sir. you know, uh, it just was not meant to be. And uh, I can remember thinking, we only had to win like four games to get to the Final Four. Next year when we come back, of course, you know, all these years later, I've never been back. So I should have uh, appreciated the ride. But we beat the number two the number three and the number four team in the state to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been in the newspaper, the Houston Chronicle, twice. 
the first time when I said Shaquille O'Neal was just another player. Because uh, we had beaten a team that had a six foot ten, and when Shaquille was a senior, he was a six foot ten, two hundred fifty pound, sixteen year old senior in high school. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, it's just another player. Well, I was wrong on that. And then I said the three point shot would never last, and so I was wrong about that too. So if, if I two have times a, in the corner. yeah, so if I have an opinion about something, you need to go the opposite direction. But uh, I'm like, man, yeah, I'm like. Like all these great coaches saying, yeah. loving the three-point shot. Here's this dude in Hearn saying, oh, no, it'll never last. <laughs> so, anyhow, those are humbling experiences. You know, yes. Like you start yes, running yes, your mouth, yes. and you're like, I just need to shut up and stay in the corner over there. <laughs> stay in my lane. Stay huh? in my lane. <laughs> but uh, from Hearn, uh, uh, moved to Houston and mm -hmm. spent uh, nine years at Channel View. And athletic director at Channel View, William Jennings, who's still the AD there, I always say he's the smartest man. I ever worked for. I used to go in his office and just sit and just wait for the the knowledge to just yeah, uh, soak it up. Soak it up. I mean, yeah. he's from Arkansas. He'd been around. He was a, a student of all sports. All, all yeah. I, my first year there, he taught science across from wow. me. So we spent a lot of time in the hall. And I should have been teaching history, just soaking it up. And mm -hmm. uh, just a, a true, I learned so much about coaching from him and uh, that I'm, I'm grateful. And, uh, but he's just uh, truly the, the, the smartest man. And he'd say things like, don't walk by a trash can without you empty it. If you see it's full, you empty that trash can. Yeah. We had a Christmas tournament. And when the tournament was over, with, he, in his you know, suit, he's out there mopping the floor. And like that's an example right there. Yes, well, sir. Myself and the assistant coaches, we all got busy too. And when we left for Christmas, the gym would be spotless. Yeah. But, I mean, he was never one to say, hey, go do this. I can remember coming up in the summer and seeing him with a machete out on the practice field replacing a sprinkler head. And this is the athletic director. We have a maintenance department, right. but he was going to do it. I wouldn't delegate something to somebody else. What I really liked about him, though, was he, if we were sitting in his office and it got to be lunchtime, he'd say, hey, let's go eat some Chinese food, and he'd pick up the tab. Yeah, that, so that's, like, that's good. That's a, that's a, a, a <laughs> team builder. But this is another opportunity yeah. – Informally to just soak up things. Yeah. And he, the, we had a, a book at the time that's called The Leaguer. Mm -hmm. It was all the UIL rules. I think it's mm -hmm. online now. He passed them out my first year there, and he said, There are seven typos in The Leaguer. He said, I, I want uh, each of you to have a paper with the seven typos. So we're all real smart. Like, all right, we divide this all up into chapters. And we, we end up with like 57 typos. And we're like, Coach, there's like 57. I know that. I just want to see if I get y'all read some of it. So wow. he tricked us into, you know, but that uh, was just the kind of stuff uh, he could uh, do. Like, man, just, he was one good. step ahead that's good. of everybody all the time. And I truly, the nine years I was there were wonderful uh, working with him. And it was like, you don't work for me, you work with, with me. And I, yeah. and I always felt like that, never talked down. And, you know, good. But that was a, that was a great experience. And, uh, I had moved to outside of Houston to Huffman and got hired there by Dougal McDougal. Mm -hmm. That's the real guy's name, Dougal McDougal. He's now the uh, head coach at the New, uh, New Caney School. Oh, okay. Great guy. Yeah. Big influence. He was, I've never met somebody who loved kids so much as Coach McDougal. I mean, we had the breakfast club. I'm, I mean, look at me, I'm not a big weightlifter. But before school, we'd go and lift weights. I'd get in there, be a part of the breakfast club, yeah. and just – the camaraderie with the, the yeah. kids that would show up. And I can remember uh, we had a kid named Curtis Crew, great running back. 
that had forgot his shoes. So Coach McDougal gave him his shoes and was out there at practice barefoot so that Curtis had some shoes. Now I know that's like a biblical, you give the, but I mean, gave the guy his shoes. Who does wow. that? You know, I don't like my wife wearing my shoes. I, wow. you know, but Coach McDougal gave his shoes up to Curtis. And he, not just because Curtis, he'd have given his shoes to anybody. anybody. He's that kind of guy. And I was really glad to see that, that, uh, I kind of lost track of him. You know, I'm, I don't like to talk on the telephone, as you as you know. I, I, we we uh, we text. We text, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I was really glad to see that he's still in coaching mm -hmm. because he's such a special guy. My problem with Coach McDougal was he left. Uh, yeah. At the end of my first year there, he got hired at uh, Kingwood, mm. and Royce Houston was the basketball coach at Kingwood. He's I think in the Hall of Fame. So uh, Carson was not going to get yeah. Royce Houston was not get moved aside. So I, I stayed another year in, in helping for my kids, and it just did not work out. It was not a good spot. It's kind of Coach McDougal ran interference for some issues that showed up a little bit later. Mm. And so ended up moving to Kirbyville, got hired by Jack Alvarez, yep. who is now the athletic director here, yep, yep. who is the best man I know. Legend. I'm not to take athletic director out of the equation. Jack is the best man legend, i know legend guy he is i yeah. loved working for him yeah. working with him excuse me i mean uh i can recall um uh, we started basketball and he asked me it's we're in the middle of football season of course we're gonna make a deep playoff run because jack alvarez is coaching that's what he does. and that's what you do <laughs> yeah. so uh, i said well i've only got like eight guys he said well when jv practice is over with i'm gonna send them to the gym so you got enough to practice with okay so we, I had enough to practice with, and we made the deep playoff run. And uh, basketball was a little bit rougher, mm -hmm. and it's just uh, not really a basketball community. Yeah. I can remember my son was an eighth grader, and uh, we had an open gym. And like three days in a row, he and I were the only ones that were there. And so I applied here and got the job and just told Jack, I said, our, our – the bond, our paths will, will cross again. I really believe that. And several times before, I, I thought that things would work out. But uh, I told Dr. Langley, the superintendent here, I said, Jack Alvarez will make MISD better the minute he walks in the door. Before he opens his mouth, when he walks in the door, this is a better place. And I honestly believe that. And, you know, I was looking forward to having a chance to work with him. Uh, but fate intervened. Of course, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Jack's here. You know, things going to really start moving. You know, going to coach for another 10 years, get me about 1,400 wins, get the <laughs> Hall of Fame, write me a book, do a lecture tour, be on, you know, with Kenny and uh, Charles and Shaq on, on TV. I'll tell you. All of the right? players. Yeah. And then uh, there's a, a, a Celtic uh, proverb. If you want to hear God laugh, yeah. tell him your plans. Mm -hmm. And intervened and uh, I went to the emergency room for a cough on uh, December the 13th and today is what May the 24th I'm still not back at school mm. so I decided that the big man had other plans for me yeah and uh, but I did get uh, to be with Jack for a, a semester and some of that juju roll I think rubbed off on me and uh, if I have to I've spent 17 years of my 40-year career here, 
Nut Knock and Hearn, this is the best place I've ever been. Yeah. You know, both my kids graduated from here. Uh, tremendous kids here. And uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn too much. I've had a couple opportunities to leave. And I'm thinking, I don't know if they can get somebody else that wants to come and work in predominantly a football-dominated school. Yeah. And I understood that. My daddy was a football coach. Yep. I understand football pays the bills. Yep. You know, yep. I, it's, this is Texas. Yep. You know, and when I came here, Earl Barrier told me, he said, you, you got to understand about East Texas football. I said, Earl, man. I know. I, 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 I said, no, you don't understand East Texas football. And, Chip, there's been state champions come out of this area Every, Every year, year I've been here, yep, which I, sure. I'm not knocking it. Dad was a football coach, and yep, I understand. Yep. I have survived 40 years because I don't jack football. Yep. I, I understand. Football's over with us do basketball. But, you know, but it's, uh, but, you know, and I've worked with, I've, I've never worked in 40 years with somebody that I thought was trying to kill basketball. I hear these awful stories, and sometimes I wonder if people don't project. But I've never, yeah. you know, I, there's been different ways of doing things. But in 40 years, I've never had someone that I thought was actively trying to beat down the, the program. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've been blessed. And I always wonder when you ask them, say, how are you doing that? I've been blessed. You know, I've been, I've been blessed. My whole life, I've wanted to be a high school basketball coach. I never wanted to be a college coach because I don't like travel. I never yeah, wanted to be a pro coach. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. on TV. This is all I've ever wanted to do. And maybe I didn't set my goals high enough, but this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. So I have – from the time I was in junior high school, this is what I wanted to do. And I've been blessed to be able to do it 40 years. I'd like to have been able to do it more, yeah. but it's, there's a line, there's a poem to an athlete dying young that A.E. Houston wrote. And one of the lines in there is, uh, today the road all runners come. And that means everything comes to an end. Now in the poem, the young athlete has, has passed away. Mm -hmm. And so even though this is the road that all runners come, and we know this, our careers will end, you know, uh, teaching careers, coaching careers, playing careers. I saw the other day that LeBron is toying with the idea of hanging it up, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, but you can't, but even his career, you know, is going to end. Jordan's career ended. You don't have guys that's 74 years old, playing in the league. So at some point in time, he'll go make money doing something else. Yeah. So everything comes to an end, and this is my time to career end, and, and uh, I still feel like I've got a lot to offer. So I will find a, another niche to expend my, my energy. But as I look back, I, I mean, I wish, I guess we all do, that I knew as a 23-year-old head coach, what I know now, because yes, uh, I thought I knew it all, and I didn't know squat. Yeah. And then when I realized I didn't know squat, then I started being a better, a better coach. And I started going to, you know, back then you go to clinics and buy eight track tapes and watch successful coaches, you know. And and I always felt like if I have a friend, uh, Dwayne Silver, used to coach at Waco La Vega. Mm -hmm. you know, we used to have to catch him in the, in the have playoffs. Have some battles with them. Yeah, and. Uh, he used to he said, I go to clinics all the time. And I said, he said, if I can get learn one thing at yes. a clinic, it's been worth my time. So I mean, I'm the world's biggest thief. If you say something I like, I'll steal it and make it my own. That's you good, know, and that, but I'm giving Dwayne credit for that. Uh, but I mean, we've been friends. Now he's been out coaching a long time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I said something to some 
somebody the other day. So now, do you know Dwayne Silver? That's the guy that likes to write on napkins, right? It, that's that's Dwayne right there. Yeah. So I've got a book of, of napkins that he's written on over the years. That you know, I'll ask him a question. I'm like breaking the press. You start writing, you know, usually someplace there's a napkin or something. Wow. So, but I mean, the people that have influenced me, and one of the things I've always heard is when you leave a place, leave it better than what it. I don't know about that. I know that when I left Hearn, I was a better man and a better coach around him being there. You know, from Robert Davis, who took me, hired me, took me under his wings, and we, we had our, our, our issues. Most of them were arrogance on my part that, you know, and I hate it yeah. because he's a great guy and he was a, a great kid person. And I, I really, you know, he was he and Tommy Dotson and Billy Ray, Jimmy Reader, all in, influenced me, you know. And uh, that was a that was a great place to be. But uh, again, if I knew and heard what I know now, we might have been a little bit more successful. So <laughs> that would have been hard. But we were pretty so dang I, successful. I hate it now, <laughs> now. At the end of my career, after forty years. I'm actually starting to figure out how to be a coach. There you and, go. And, and, and it's over with. So, yeah. but uh, <clears throat> there's not a greater. You know this. There's not a greater profession in the world. Oh, it's amazing. I I don't knock classroom teachers, but we get a chance to spend so much more time yeah. in an informal situation, in a stressful situation. You know that uh, yes, that I think we get a chance to maybe have a little bit. You know. More of a more of an effect on kids, and I've always would like to say, hey, when you graduated from high school, what teacher had the most effect on you? If it's not Coach Carson, if it's Pat Jones in the English class, I need to get my butt to Pat Jones's class and find out what she's teaching that I can steal from her, use to help you be a, a better player. And, there, and there's always, you know, I used to watch westerns all the time when mm -hmm. I didn't sleep at night. I remember one, uh, I think it was some guy was saying, there's always a faster gun. There's always a better coach out there. You know, you're, you're never going to be at the – and I think that's what makes great coaches is they're yeah. hungry and yes, willing sir. to learn and don't think that they yeah. know it all. Unlike me when I was 23 and a head coach, you know, I knew it all until I realized yeah, nobody, wanted, nobody wanted the job that they gave me. So You're the only, the only option. The only <laughs> option. I did not know that. And <laughs> we, I had some great kids, yeah. and we had yes, a – did not have a junior, had one senior, or one junior that played Jeff Hooten. Funny story, so I'm in Sulphur Springs about four years ago, five years ago, and we're warming up, and I'm looking at the referee. I'm like, something about him is familiar, you know, kind of the way he moves. And he walks over and he says, I'm, I'm Jeff Hooten. And I said, I know who you are. I was your high school basketball coach. I said, Coach Carson, you haven't changed a bit. And I said, Jeff, uh, you haven't either. He said, yeah, I have. I'm 53 years old. I'm like, wow. I coach somebody that's 53 years old? So, man, but I mean, just uh, the tub. Uh, didn't know who he was, but I, I felt like I should know him. I only coached him for one year. And Jeff was a great – I mean, he was the only junior. He was a, a leader. We, we had sophomores and freshmen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was a – he did a great job. And uh, I don't know. I often wish that – you wonder where your career would be had I stayed, but the guy that hired me, like it's you really for situation being what it is, mm -hmm. it's, it's best for you to 
to move on. And it, it was the same thing in, in Leonard. I had a superintendent, uh, Mr. Tucker, and principal, Mr. London, that uh, my JV was awesome. And like my wife gets uh, in the doctoral program at a and I'm like, man, would you, you stay there. I'm going to stay here one, one more year. I got one more year. I've only been married two years. Yeah, well, don't do that. One more year. And they called me and said, no, we will yeah. not let you yeah. stay here one yeah. more year. You need to you need to wake up, wake mm -hmm. up and go and, you know, which was the right thought what I was thinking about, you know, yeah. like. It's good. I, it's good to have people in your life that can help you make those decisions. Like exactly. That. And uh, uh, one of those guys, I mean, I kind of looked, Lynn Marshall, last time I looked, uh, was uh, working over in Long Beach. He's not coaching anymore. Mm -hmm. He's some kind of administrator over there. But uh, And from Lynn, uh, we, he used to put a practice plan on the board, and I'd write it down on an index card, and I didn't know anything about football. Mm -hmm. So I would write down what I needed to do against even fronts and odd fronts. And the kids would say, hey, who do I block? I'd get my card out there. Because <laughs> yeah. I was the JV yeah. coach or the sub-varsity coach, and we didn't have – it was a small school. So I'd go out there and have to do half alliance. All right, half the guys be on offense, mm -hmm. half the guys be on defense. I'm trying to coach both, and I I'm working my tail off. And, yes. Uh, but he was, a, as far as organization goes, a great guy to, mm -hmm. to work for. Because uh, my first year, I, I just go out there with, you know, writing this. But he was detailed in the yep. stuff that went out there. And, and having to grade film, like I, I coach linebackers, right? What, what is their – what is the first yeah. step? You know, uh -huh. I, I have to go through and and, and grade it, and uh, we spend a lot of time up there. But we also, let's say we, I didn't have a lot to do with it. Took a program that was not successful, and I think we went seven and three, and unfortunately ended up in a three-way tie for second place. And they only took two teams, mm. and they flipped a coin, and the first coin flipped, mm. our coin rolled behind the door. So it was Cato Mills and Cooper. I think they were both heads, and ours rolled behind the door. It's like, oh, we, we got a chance. Ours was head two. And so on the, the second flip, I think Cattle Mills won the flip, and they got to go to the playoffs. So, uh, Wow. But, well, well, just hearing you talk about your journey, uh, Coach, I, I would consider it to be hugely successful. Let's touch base on success. What is your definition of success? You know, there's a lot of people who have a lot of different definitions. And I think doing what has to be done when it needs to be done, doing it to the best of your ability, yeah. doing it that way every time, I think that's, that's success. I don't think we need to talk about winning and losing. Um, that kind of takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt like against San Antonio Cole, we played as well as we possibly could. I think we were successful in our game plan. We were not successful on the scoreboard necessarily, right. but I don't know that those kids outmatched by the future Hall of Famer could have could have done any better. So that's to, in order if for this to be a successful interview or podcast, then I think if we're both doing the best we can, yes, then it should it should be we can consider it a, a success. So I mean, I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. That's just what. Oh, I love it. I love I, it. I've coach. always, you know. And, and to me, it comes across as, as it's in the process. You know, the, the details are in the process. And, you know, being a former player, to me, that that was the M.O. Like, 
do the minor details the right way, period. You know, be disciplined about being on point with what you're supposed to do. And just like you said, the wind, all the other stuff, that's going to come. It is. If you focus in on doing what you're supposed to do every moment of every day. And so uh, I love that. I love that. But I think the next thing is, you know, today, you know, this is, this is your retirement day. What are a couple of reflections you have uh, on retirement? Like, what are some thoughts that you have about today? I never thought this day would come. Mm -hmm. All I've ever wanted to do was be a high school basketball coach. And like I said earlier, I just figured I'd just coach till I was 30, you know, or 70. And uh, so, but I'm excited. I look back over my career and I, I've got to be in contact with so many wonderful kids and so many outstanding coaches that have, have become friends that it's just been, it's been an incredible journey. Yeah. And uh, I get to the point where, you know, I call people coach that aren't coaches. Like, that's right, coach. I, like, I only have two or three friends that are not coaches. So, I mean, uh, you know, so I, so I remember telling my set coach, some of the times, I love coach. Oh, no, wait, 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 no, Tracy. So, I mean, seriously, I don't. I don't have a bunch of – I don't have any friends around the education business. I, there I don't you go. Think, you know, and I have very few that are, that are not coaches. <laughs> and what I'm going to miss the most mm. is being around coaches. And just they're the best people in the world, you know, some of my best friends. Yes, and just sir. sit around, just chitter-chat, just make, make coach talk, you know. Uh, in the stands at summer league games, you, yes, you see somebody and – as competitive as we are, most of the coaches I know off the court will sit down and visit with you like, you're, you're, yeah. you know, it's, now it may be cutthroat, you know, uh, I've had some battles, you know, mm -hmm. uh, used to battle uh, Neville Soda. I think Mike Dakis over there is one of the nicest guys I, I ever met. And uh, I see his son as the athletic director over there. Yes, sir. And uh, I remember when Casey was was, was playing over was there. Playing, yep. That's and, a, we're uh, around the same age. And uh, somebody, mm -hmm. Mike was, uh, you know, I always thought he was a, a pleasant guy, and you know, we we went round and round. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, most of the coaches I know, it's like when the buzzer sounds, it's it's over with, and yeah. you know, you can sit there. And I'm good friends with the guy over at Tatum, at Brett Carr. We've had some battles over the years, and as soon as the game's over with, we can sit there and dissect it. You know, well. I should have done this or, you know, could have done that. And I mean, just a, just a great guy. Mm -hmm. And it's just been my, 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 I've been fortunate enough to just bunch of those guys in my life and, you know, to pick and choose, steal things from them. And, but, uh, they look, it's for all this profession because we love kids. I don't think anybody is in here for the wins and the losses, you know, uh, but I mean, that's I will I will miss that. I don't want to be that old coach that hangs around in the gym finding young coaches and trying to tell them, you know, I'm an old coach. And you know, back in the day, I just you know I I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I, I've seen those guys. Yeah. I yeah, just yeah. you know I think, an example, my dad when he quit or when he retired, he said, "Don't call me. I'm not going to substitute teach. I'm not going to come coach part time." I'm walking away from this, and he became an upholsterer for the next ten years. Wow! And uh, of course, he liked he like well, you know, I like those uh, that 
you know, no, no, nobody tells me I'll be tripping or, you know, <laughs> and I said, well, you, and I can just picture he and another guy about his age working in an unair conditioned shop. Both of them hard to feel hearing and stealing fans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I bet they don't say a word to each other all day long. Can't you know, hear nothing. They can't hear nothing, you know, but, they, <laughs> but, uh, but I just, that's, you know, it's hard because mm-hmm. this has been home for 17 years. And I, and I know Coach McCowan, uh, who's from here, that has uh, been hired to take my spot, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'd, I'd kind of like to, but I don't know that I can sneak in and watch a ball game. I might need to take a year off or so. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, things were podcasted and, you know, closed circuit TV. So I just, I always am going to wish this is a special place. And I always wished her the best. After yeah. I after I left, because you know, uh, Coach Lynn came in and took my spot, and you know, I uh, I wish I want nothing. I, I like Kim; yeah. he's a, he's yeah. a good guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, and I I'm not one of those. I don't need for somebody else to do poorly to make myself feel better. You know, right. I want you to succeed. Right. I want Jack to succeed. We can all I want Coach win. King to succeed. I yes, want everybody sir. to succeed. Yeah, you know, in this business. I think everybody can succeed. Not everybody can be successful on the scoreboard necessarily, but I don't need somebody to do badly and make myself feel good. That makes me a, a sorry excuse for a human being. Yeah. You know, to, I have that look. He's, you know, he sucks. I feel so good about myself. You know, no. You know, I just, I, you know, it's like my son. He's real competitive. He wants everybody to do well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd be out there busting his butt on defense and somebody make a, a shot in his face. Hey, great shot. Like, dude, I don't know if they, you know, like. Don't like, do that. No, you know, you've gone too far with it. But, you know, he wants everybody to be, say, damn, yeah. dad, wasn't that a good shot? And, yeah, it was, you know, yeah. but don't, don't make him feel too good about it. But, I mean, I, I, I mean, I hope he learned that from me that, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody to do well. It doesn't mean in the playoffs that you don't like, well, I, the next opponent could be of these two. I might rather play this one, yep. you know. Yep. Yes, sir. But uh, usually that doesn't work out. You get the team that you want, and they, they, they beat you behind anyway. Like, well, I. You know, mm-hmm. it just has a way of working out. But I do like, I do want everybody to be successful. And I certainly don't want Coach McCowan to do poorly. It's like, that. Right. We, we need Coach Carson back because you know, Coach Carson's time has come and gone. It's, right. it's, Coach, it's Dwight's turn. And uh, I want him to do well, just like when Earl, uh, or actually was uh, when the coach that left here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't, he didn't wish me poorly. He like, I've had enough. It's somebody else's turn. Yeah. And, uh, I'd like to. I just would like to see Marshall do well because I still know the kids that are here, and Jack is still the athletic uh-huh. director, and Dr. Langley is still the superintendent, and Mr. Gregory is still the principal, and I like them. Think the world of them. Great administration. So we all know that when the football team wins, there are less problems in the school district. So if Jack wins, Dr. Langley's happy, Mr. Gregory's happy, we all the community's win. happy. Yeah. You know, when I took this job. There was a guy that went to going to school here. His name was Skeets Jernigan, mm-hmm. and he was is was a legend. He got COVID and passed away, mm-hmm. but I mean, he would be the one to like uh, Skeets. This kid's not out for football. Go to his house and find out what the problem is, you know. And he was our our uh, team pastor mm-hmm. for a couple ride on the bus with us. And uh, I remember mm-hmm. when he I got hired, Rodney Southern said that you need to go meet Brian Partee at the Boys and Girls Club. And you to go meet Skeets and introduce yourself. So I introduced myself, you know, Brian, and uh, 
found Skeets, was walking the track. And uh, so I, I said, you cost a new basketball coach. You'll never get fired if we lose around here because nobody cares about hoops. <laughs> I said, well, Skeets, I should get fired if we don't win. And I always reminded him of that when we set the record for 31 wins in, in a season. He was, you know, with us on the bus. I said, you remember telling me? He said, nah, 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 nah. You had to remind. I him. had to remind him, but uh, I, I miss good. him. I miss him all the time. Yeah, I can remember over at Pine Tree, we were not getting a favorable whistle from the officials, and I was a little irate. And I can remember him, this great big old man. Uh -huh. and, hey, you coach, I take care of them. That's all right. So we can do he that. Did. But I can just. I remember over at Hallsville for a football game, David Plunk was the football coach. Mm -hmm. And Skeets is in his at least so loud. And he know everybody knows him. So Plunk is walking down the field and he's like, Hey Plunk, we think we we will whoop y'all. Oh walk away with me, Plunk. I know you can hear me, Plunk. Plunk, turn around. Turn I know you can I'm just falling, just laughing. Everybody stands is dying laughing. I'm looking at this. David Plunk is about to fall over me laughing. So he wasn't gonna turn around, but he was tickled. I'm just oh, that's funny. You. Just miss guys, miss guys like that. Yeah. He used to keep to walk in the summer. He was a pastor. Mm. He says, I got a suit hanging on my bedroom door. It's my goal is to get into that suit. They up here walking every day. I never did find out whether he got in that suit or not. It just seemed like he was getting bigger and bigger. Oh, when I first came, we played three on three. And uh -huh. he'd stand right underneath the basket and he'd never move. You know, I got pretty good exercise. I'm like, thanks, Skeet, you never move. You, you know, took, no, you ain't took no you're, steps, man. You're not sweating, you know. <laughs> but. But uh, they had his funeral out here at the football field. Mm. It was that was a that was a tough one. He meant so much to so many so many people. He touched so many kids' lives. Yeah. Like again, like you know, why isn't he here? Go 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 find out why. Yeah. Go get, go get him up here. Go talk to him and get him back. He's walked off. You know, just just having that steady and influence. Yeah. And I I mean, you talk about. Believe Maverick Red. He yeah. in, in every single sport, boys, girls. He loved it all. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, I, let's let's hit on um, because you know you've forty years. Uh, you don't say it like that. No, no, no. I, I think know, it's I, no, coach. It's I, amazing. I only look like I'm thirty two, right? How have I been coaching? Twenty three, coach. There I'm we go. You, I'm gonna give you twenty three. I'm not gonna go, go thirty two. I'm gonna go. give you look like twenty three. But but amazing coaching years. What are what are some tips? A couple tips that you may have for coaches coming up in the profession. First thing you got to do is you got to be yourself. Yeah. You know, you 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 watch other people. You go to clinics and all. You got to you've got to be yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if kids are human lie detectors, you cannot BS a kid. Yeah. They see through it in a heartbeat. You've got to be yourself. You've got to be sincere. Uh, the kids have got to know that you care about them. I think, you know, uh, especially in this day and age, you know, you never know what a kid goes through when they go home. So this needs to be a, a place of safety and a place where they can they can count on you to, to, to be there. And uh, that would be, and just, I used to work with Raphael Thomas at, from Lufkin that's coaching down in Houston now. Mm -hmm. And he, I'd say something, he said, just coach, just be you. Just just be you. And that's, I, I didn't try to be Rick Pitino or or Bill Self or 
you know, when I first started coaching, I'm like, all right, when my co- my high school coach would do this. Well, Indiana won national championship, mm-hmm. so we're going to run Indiana stuff. And then the next year, Kentucky, well, now we're going to run Kentucky stuff. We need to be doing what's best for us. You know, yeah. uh, Indiana has Isaiah Thomas. We don't have Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Bobby Knight can run whatever he wants to because uh, Isaiah Thomas can make it work, you uh-huh. know. And so that was that's it. Adapt to your personnel and then teach what you know, you know, what you're what you're comfortable with. And, you know, me personally, it's, it's been playing man-to-man defense. That's all we did with you in high school. We didn't have a zone. We didn't – that was a four-letter word. We didn't do anything, played man-to-man. You guys bought in because, you know, I believed in it. Yes. And we beat people that were better than we were yeah. because we didn't let them score. Yeah. And we didn't let them rebound. And we didn't let them breathe. And uh, that coming from the Hearn community, that's what worked. Those were a bunch of tough little old suckers. So, hey, you guard him. We didn't much play help side defense. You stop him, yeah. you know. And if they get by you, Roderick will block it. So don't, don't worry about it, you know. It was good. Yeah. So, I mean, just get after people's tails. But selling it to make you guys – it wasn't a hard sell to get you guys to play hard. Mm-hmm. And then once we kind of got it rolling, everybody just kind of fed in. It was just what was expected to do. And uh, but it's what I it's what I believed in. And in my whole career, it's, we've I've adjusted. We've played a little bit of zone at times, mm-hmm. but I hated it. You know, I just like hey, let's go man to man. Four letter yeah. word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mono and mono. Hey, let's get it. I got you, dog. That's Let's That's go. It. That's it. Just like at the park. That's you know? it. Come on. Well, um, you know, as we close it, I, I have to coach ask you stories. Like any, is there like one story that sticks out to you about from your journey that you'd like to share? It's actually my my, my very first year. Okay. So I'm in 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 uh, Reigns High School, and I'm also the eighth grade basketball coach. So that. Junior high plays on Monday night. So I don't coach my first varsity game till Tuesday night. So I got my dry erase board and I got on my wing tips mm-hmm. and my, my tie, you know, and I'm coaching the eighth grade kids and I'm, I'm making notes and all right. So buzzer goes off and I'm finishing making notes and I go to the locker room. I'm going to make adjustments. And I go in the locker room. I'm Bobby Knight. I'm Rick Patino. I'll roll in when I open that door and I go to the locker room. Ain't a soul in there. The locker room is empty. I go back out in the hall. There's nobody in the hall. I have lost my group of eighth graders. A lady walks by and says, are you looking for your team? I said, yes, ma'am. They're all at the concession stand. <laughs> they was having to get them a snow cone, popcorn, a drink. You know, it's halftime. Oh, my God. So I'm like, I mean, I, again, I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. like junior high basketball. Junior you know, high basketball. You don't tell them they're supposed to go to the locker room at halftime. They're going to go to the concession stand. That's what you do. So every single one of them. Oh, so, man, that's good. Reminds you that a grounding in reality, yes. you know, that you're only – it's just junior high basketball. I don't mean it like that because I've told junior high coaches before, don't ever tell me it's just junior high basketball because those kids is the most important thing in the world. And in just junior high – it's the NBA Game yep. 7 Finals them yep. every night out. Yeah. So don't – and that's the feeder for your high school program anyway, so don't – my dad was a junior high coach. I had that beat into me. Like, no, that's in, you know, I want those kids. When they're out there playing in the high school, I it's like, important. Yeah. I like the high school coach say, hey, yeah. those kids that come from MacArthur Junior High, they already know what they need to do. It's important. It is. Yes, sir. Is. We knew that in her, too. It's important. It, it is. 
Well, as we close, Coach, I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you've done. Um, and I'm just going to go out and say not just for me personally, but for every athlete that you've been in contact with, every family, every community, every school district. Coach, I just want to say thank you and tell you that I love you. Appreciate everything that you've done. And, and I wish you whatever you want for that success to be in your next in your next journey. Uh, I wish that for you for the utmost, Coach. Well, I appreciate Chip, and I love you too. And, you know, I've gotten a lot more out of my career that I, that I put into it, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm richer. I don't know if what I've left behind, but yeah. I'm a better person, and I've enjoyed it. It's not a better profession, and I, yeah. I've, been, I've enjoyed it the heck out of it. Awesome. And seeing kids like you, young men now, yeah, like yeah. If, I, if I taught you one thing that's enabled you to be successful, then I'm successful too. And that's what it's yeah. all about. Well, thank you, Coach. Thank and, you. And thank you guys for checking out this episode. We'll see you next time. God bless. Go get it.